Welcome, one and all, to your She-Hulk podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me is my co-counsel, Pete. Hello, Pete. I'm balling on a budget now. The She-Hulk podcast by Fantastic Geek for She-Hulk Attorney at Law, Episode 2, Superhuman Law, is brought to you by Iron Man 3s. They'll help you make those twos. Pete, around the old podcast horn here, tomorrow we'll be talking Star Trek Lower Decks, uh, episode 301, that's right, the season 3 premiere, and uh, really looking forward to diving into that. We had the Disney Plus Day announcement, that of course, September 8th, Matt, with all sorts of, uh, you know, premieres that day. The least of which will be Thor, Love and Thunder. But hey, where can I listen to anything about that right now? Pete, that's already on the Marvel Movie Podcast by Fantastic Geek. Uh, We had podcasted it the weekend that the movie uh, released in those traditional theaters. Uh, So definitely looking forward to uh, people re-watching the movie, maybe seeing the movie for the first time. And of course, our podcast for it uh, there for your listening ears. There's also, Matt, been a tempest in a teapot with She-Hulk. Yes, we've had uh, Mighty Thor appear in the Marvel Studios card. Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, also available. But, Matt, they took away your Moon Knight. I did notice in watching this week's She-Hulk's Marvel Studios card that there were some changes. I must admit, I did not note the absence of Moon Knight. I did, at least from my eyes, I didn't see Ms. Marvel this time. All I know is this, Pete, I think it's a fun game to kind of see what little changes might be made along the way as the MCU moves through time. Um, Indeed, theoretically, as things move week to week or month to month, depending on other things that are going on. I mean, if people want to freak out over it, uh, okay i mean i don't think that that means that they suddenly figured out in the last two or three weeks that like moon knight is canceled never coming back i i I don't think that's the case at all Uh, if anything pete we're having a conversation about images shown in the marvel studios uh logo isn't that a good thing absolutely matt water in the court one more outburst and i'll hold you in contempt After that aforementioned Marvel Studios logo, television newscasters overlap covering the attack at the Metropolitan Courthouse, featuring concept art cleverly repurposed as courtroom sketches. Turns out, super-powered influencer Titania was fleeing traffic court. The Chiron uh, says her lawyer's... uh, say the incident is an unfortunate misunderstanding and the result of an extreme case of low blood sugar. Deputy District Attorney Jennifer Walters is ID'd as a new superhero, like a chick hulk, in the words of one eyewitness. Uh, Rare to have an eyewitness start talking to the uh, reporter and then look into the camera for the funniest parts of the lines, but Pete, maybe that's how they do it. Uh, there in the MCU, I don't know. We cut to bar and grill. You it's see, Pete, it's a, legal ease bar and grill. It, there's a whole legal theme to it, if you understand. There, it's it's wordplay. Uh, the folks inside are super psyched to see She Hulk. She Hulk. Uh, Nikki, that's your paralegal, uh, as introduced last week, uh, suggests that Jen, in Jen form, give them what uh, they want, what the, what the public wants. Uh, off camera, she hulks up. That's maybe a cost-saving measure. But enters the bar as she hulk. There's cheers about. She drinks a drink. Indeed, on rewatch, she drinks like maybe three drinks in the first thirty seconds. You can do that when you're she hulk sized. Not recommended for when any of us are normal sized. She does hope that the she hulk name won't stick, in part because it's derivative of the Hulk. Uh, and Pete, we get a brief return of uh, Dennis, who's all jealous and woe is me and oh you did this to get attention for you and kind of pete i think we're gonna hear from dennis's of the world as the show makes its way through its nine episode run 
permission to refer to such critics now as Dennis's. Indeed, or in the singular, you're such a Dennis. Um, or maybe we could just start the hashtag. Like when we quote tweet these people, we'd just be like hashtag Dennis. I think that could yes. be amusing. Tell your friends, everybody. Uh, Jen wants to be perceived as a great lawyer, not a superhero. Definitely not an Avenger. Uh, Pete, when's the next Avengers movie come out? That'll probably feature her. Um, again, it's reiterated that she just wants to be a lawyer. And uh, Mr. Bossman from the district attorney's office, perhaps the district attorney, uh, is there to say uh, the case was declared a mistrial on account of She-Hulk saving the lives of a jury. The right thing was done, but the case has been axed. Also, she's been axed from her job in the district attorney's office as uh, her powers have now become a liability. The title card here, not only She-Hulk attorney at law, love the change for this episode, attorney for hire. Uh, which is a funny, funny idea. I wonder if that was in Jessica Gao's original script or if that's something that came along in the edit and whatnot, but it, it elicited a chuckle in my house, uh, certainly. Uh, the next morning, uh, Bruce is leaving a message uh, just to check in with his cuz. We have a montage of no one wanting to hire her. Uh, and later she's, Pete, you know it's desperate times, okay, when there's empty Chinese food boxes and empty wine bottles. That's TV code for things are not that great, but taking a little little relax session here. The fact that Nikki is there means these two gals are just supporting each other, Chinese food and whining it, looking at job options. Gigi and T might be hiring, Nikki says. But Jen is reading 10 offbeat jobs for a fresh start, which includes an ad for the aforementioned Iron Man 3's sneakers and related articles, Man Fights with Metal Claws in Bar Brawl and Why There's a Giant Statue of a Man Sticking Out of the Ocean. Definitely going to explore uh, all of those and more in the theory segment. Um it's around this point where Jen checks her phone. Yes, her wallpaper is America's ass. Uh, but the text above it uh, reminds her not to be late for family dinner. Uh, Nikki has a date and can't go. Perhaps also a function of, like, I don't know that Nikki would have gotten any lines of substance in that scene. Uh, so that's probably a good reason to not have uh, Nikki go uh, to Jen's parents' home. Uh, Jen's been gone for so long. Uh, her parents are so happy to see her. And why, Pete? That's TV's Mark Lynn Baker. Listen, we posited last week maybe it could be, um, you know, former Hulk actor Lou Ferrigno. But if you're going to not use him using Mark Lynn Baker of Perfect Strangers and my personal favorite that he ever appeared in playing himself in the HBO series, The Leftovers, as Morris here as dad is exemplary casting. And it gives us a chance to just reset the clock. When will Lou Ferrigno uh, turn up? Yes. We're not guaranteeing that, but I think it's it's a good, good game to play. Uh, dad says, as they're in the entryway there, no one will be talking about Jen's situation. Cut to Cousin Ched mentioning her being fired. He gets yelled at classic ched they said not to talk about it he thought it was to talk about it good news though pete ched uh is has been recently uh, promoted to best buy manager that's right says presumed ched's dad and i guess maybe uncle to jen uh ched is employed and promoted <laughs> <laughs> um it's funny and it feels just kind of authentically family around the table uh, Mom has been handing out Jen's number to Yusuf, a prospective superhero. Then Not we have... Yusuf Khan, we should know. Different coast, younger man. Indeed. Um, uh, we also have Dad wondering, you know, Hawkeye, he leaves all these arrows lying around everywhere. <laughs> Does he pick them up afterwards? What's that? What's that? And I, I don't know. Pete, this is the creme de la creme of your action comedy emphasis on comedy in the mcu it is um even the uncle there pointing out that melanie maybe a girlfriend possibly the wife there is a stylist could uh, uh do 
uh, Jen's hair more like She-Hulk, some chunky highlights, lowlights, uh, uh, and then the overlapping chatter there that Bruce actually saved, is actually the one who saved billions with a snap. And um, Dad, in what I sense became the origin for the um, the mid credit scene later on, says he has a couple things he needs her help with before they wind up in the basement there as an excuse for Dad to check in if she's okay. She says she's okay not being okay. And while she's got regrets, she did do the right thing to save those people. She wonders, okay, if she had let them be smushed, how would things be different? Uh, but it was the right thing. Now she's being punished for it. Dad reminds her that even with her troubles, she's not even the first Hulk in the family. So they're all going to get this figured out. And she is still standing and can keep moving on. So that should be looked at as a win. At the legalese bar again later, she's drowning her sorrows. Barkeep Pedro asking if she wants another, but of course her financial difficulties without a job. But just then, Mr. Holloway of your GLK&H, your Goodman, Lieber, Kurtzberg, and himself uh, has come with a job offer. And a drink offer, too. So she quickly says yes to the latter. Uh, but is he joking? <laughs> Great little line here. You know, I'm, I'm always amazed when there's not a lot of screen time for this tertiary character to have, you know, w w I would assume in the remaining episodes, we're not going to have a major Mr. Holloway arc with, you know, flashback and soliloquy and all of that. Um, but what do we get here? Is this a joke? He never jokes. Uh, he does note that she almost beat G, L, K, and H, uh, if not for that mistrial that uh, that uh, worked out well. Um, he offers her to be head of a new division. She quickly accepts, setting up the comedy of the following scenes in which she doesn't know what she has accepted. Uh, she draws a line in the stand, uh, sand rather, to bring Nikki along as a paralegal. Uh, and again, great line, great bit of characterization. He truly does not care uh, who her paralegal is. Uh, with that, Pete, after the weekend to uh, repose herself, it's Monday morning. Entering the skyscraper there awkwardly on the doors, Holloway welcomes her to this exciting time when more and more eccentric superhumans are coming out of the woodwork and they just started this superhuman law division and want the She-Hulk to be the face. So yes, he expects her to be at work and court as She-Hulk, not as a normal person, like right now. Uh, with that, uh, Holloway continues his walk and talk now with She-Hulk. Uh, she turns to the camera, wondering if this is why she was hired for her, for her looks, for her She-Hulk attributes. Uh, she's, of course, not listening to Holloway, uh, <laughs> who, uh, when she does cut back into his conversation, uh, she tells him that she is agnostic to whatever he said. Pete, do you want to briefly talk about that article you sent me? <laughs> uh, someone, Matt, I'm not even going to give you the name of the publisher, but someone wrote a clickbait article about what agnostic means uh, connected to She-Hulk. If you understand context clues, like in the episode you know that she's offering a neutral answer to something that based on his reply one would not normally be neutral to i think that's the extent of it and good job in those eight paragraphs though i think that's a spinning straw into more straw uh, but pete wait who's in the office there the, the great office that is nikki of course her paralegal pointing out all the positives here, the big windows, the fully stocked mini fridge, uh, all the reasons here that they have to be excited about this. Uh, a very fancy desk. Um, Jen laments that she's going to have to buy an entirely new wardrobe for work. But Nikki says that she makes enough to do that now. And hey, it's Pug at the door here. Uh, Matt, that's your Augustus Puglise from the comics here. Uh, and he has a uh, 
welcome basket he also of the superhuman division yes there's various supplies in there the most heartfelt though is a map to the best uh office bathroom for for pooping um so again we get pug in maybe 30 seconds of this scene i'm anticipating much more in future episodes but do we have an understanding as to the character his kindness his uh i don't know uh ability to acknowledge the shared humanity of us all sure uh later jen is meeting with holloway her first case is going to be that of uh, the parole of emil blonsky aka abomination it's extremely high profile so high profile it's great to do pro bono uh it is mentioned that he did try and kill bruce banner back in the day but not to worry blonsky does not have a conflict because he assigned the conflict waiver jen asks to be assigned to any other possible case but she's told that this is actually the specific case or at least specific first case for which she has been hired uh argue it or you don't get to keep your job uh, Holloway suggests that at the very least she meet with him before uh, deciding whether to accept him or not as a client. To the Department of Damage Control Supermax last seen at night in Ms. Marvel, where a guard stops uh, She-Hulk, telling her that she can't come in as a super-powered individual not allowed inside there. Don't be so uh, expensive when you come in. Just be yourself. <laughs> uh, so, of course, as she's buzzed through, she's back into Jennifer Walters' form, going through the lasers, told by the guard there uh, in our prison entry visit trope not to step past the yellow line, touch the glass, that they've taken every precaution. However, they can't guarantee her safety. Does she accept these conditions? And to sign here, in the event of injury or death, indicate who to notify. It's that bad, huh? Well, it's a great way to set up a joke because we all think how scary Abomination is going to be. Uh, but instead, there's just friendly Tim Roth, all kind of high-voiced and not particularly high-class British, very kind of common person. Uh, Emil says that he's transformed himself physically and spiritually. He also gives a little handy recap. He's just Emil now, Russian-born, British-raised, on loan to the U.S. for uh, secret missions and so forth. He does mention once, that Pete, you mentioned it once, it could just be a throwaway thing, but mentioned once that there's seven pen pals that he's going to start a new life with, maybe on July 6th, 2024 coming to theaters <laughs> his soulmates here he refers to them also wants to bring up the elephant in the room her cousin the hulk bruce she corrects but of course these are semantics uh he tried to kill him yes he admits it but it wasn't personal he was under direct orders from her government but then he went on a destructive rampage in harlem that wasn't sanctioned by the government. But yeah, that's only because they pumped him full of the super soldier serum, uh, which uh, Jen asks both to Blonsky and rhetorically that that caused his subsequent actions. Maybe the beginnings of a defense here. OK, he just thought he was the good guy. He was going to be Captain Bloody america which of course would be different from captain america yet not somehow captain britain captain bloody britain just doesn't work as much um and now that very threat her cousin is held up as a hero and he is locked up where is the justice in that she tells him essentially great story bro but you need to be uh, speaking truthfully and from the heart if you do want to get paroled he says that indeed he has remorse including having written some haikus pete i have to admit i'm a little disappointed you didn't hit the intro there with a haiku maybe next time maybe next blonsky episode whenever that might be you want to get working on that on, the, on that most beloved of japanese uh, poetry forms blonsky says he just wants to live in peace on a property purchased by his seven soulmates. Wait a minute, Pete. That Now it's been mentioned twice. Now I'm sure that we have a date with him on July 6th, 2024. 
of course, we'll ponder who those seven others could be in just a little bit when we talk theories. Um, she's going to think about whether she can help here. A voice message is left by Holden Holloway uh, that he expects to hear from Jen by the end of the day. At home, she closes file on Blonsky and then calls Bruce. He picking up his iPhone where she is named Fuzzball. Great little detail there. And then uh, he is told that uh, she got a new job and he congratulates her. Um, but the but part of it that uh, in order to take the job, she has to take on Emil Blonsky as a client. And she couldn't do that without talking to him first. Or talking at him as she's not really letting him speak as she winds her way to the point uh, about this. Um, the point being more specifically that she's calling to tell him that she's taking the job. Bruce says he's okay with it. He actually made his peace with Blonsky a while ago. He received a letter, really thoughtful haiku. Uh, indeed, Pete, he feels like a different person now <laughs> as Jen looks into the camera. Literally. <laughs> indeed. I would say maybe the inclusion of the word literally might be a smidge much. I mean, I get that he also is like Smart Hulk is a slightly different person. I also also understand, Pete, that in a post-Parks and Rec Chris Traeger world, there are literally dictionaries that now include a possible definition of literally as meaning figuratively. Still, though, it's a really, really great joke. The Edward Norton uh, literally different <laughs> person? That too, and uh, Pete, maybe just a reminder that if Ed Norton had been nicer to people in the making of a movie from an independent studio that was uh, didn't necessarily have a clear future ahead of it, uh, which was the case when uh, his Hulk movie was made, if he was nicer, maybe he would still be cashing those checks instead of that movie being in this weird purgatory where it's not on streaming, and I don't know when the last time was you've seen it, because uh, I haven't seen it in forever. I own the Blu-ray, Matt. I can fire that bad boy up whenever I'd like. Well, Ed Norton thanks you. Um, <laughs> the two Hulks here, uh, OG and She-Hulk, uh, share a laugh over the She-Hulk moniker. Hey, will he be coming to L.A. soon? He says no as we pull out, see he's on a Sakaran ship that warps away. Uh, so if nothing else, behind-the-scenes plot there has continued phone call over she guesses she calls holloway to accept the offer all personal complications resolved here uh guarantees that uh he and the firm will get her best work she's already got her winning strategy 100 percent in the bag all of which he's glad to hear uh but she may want to take a look at the news first and also have a good evening. Uh, and indeed the footage is of abomination uh, breaking out. Oh, well, the footage itself is not of abomination breaking out, but the news is discussing how abomination has broken out, how there's this video of him participating in a fight club. Eagle eyed viewers will of course notice that he is fighting Wong, which she was Pete. That would line up nicely with the fact that Wong is going to show up in this show. Uh, Jen says that sucks. Uh, we get the credits, and then in the mid-credit scene, Pete, as you mentioned, She-Hulk is helping Dad with odds and ends around the house. Uh, it's a good, funny haha. Yes, holding up the car there as Ched changes a tire, uh, installing a 4K TV on the wall, and bringing some water in. Should also note Matt the very conspicuous Shield logo in this week's credits. Perhaps. A future for some of those agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? One can certainly hope. Your Honor, may I approach the bench? May I approach the bench? It's time to step aside and approach the bench to discuss some off-the-record theories. You be the judge. Pete, I have a list of five here I want to hit you with rat-a-tat style. First okay. of all, the first four focusing on Jen's 
online news search. Okay, Swiss Village mascot. Yes, it was a little uh, evocative of uh, Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. But my question to you is this, Pete. Is the Central European Village looking for a mascot? Is that the same Central European Village where we went in Moon Knight? Uh, I'm going to throw that back at you. Could it be another uh, uh, fictional European country with a slice of doom? If they've transposed him to Switzerland, then yes. Or maybe Swiss is a general describer there. area? Time will tell, possibly. Uh, As for the Iron Man 3s, are they the best sneakers ever? They're not. Oh, what? Wow. Okay. Uh, a strong position taken there. Pete, why is there reference made to a giant statue of a man sticking out of the ocean? Is that an in-universe reference to the events shown in Eternals, or is it a meta-reference wondering why the movie exists in the first place? <laughs> Matt loves Eternals, and that is my response, and I'm sticking with it. Uh, man fights with metal claws in bar. All I want to say is, Yes! So this is uh, coincidental, Matt, that it shows up this week when there are heavy, heavy rumors surrounding actor Glenn Powell. Last seen, of course, in the breakout sequel, Top Gun Maverick as Hangman, um, supposedly uh, offered the role of uh, Logan Wolverine. Nothing concrete as of yet but the character now uh existing in the mcu we got our mutation in ms marvel now hints at perhaps the most popular uh the most anticipated mutant now albeit in a little throwaway post-production uh type of reference but there nonetheless do you think pete that Blonsky's case was somehow brought to Holloway by Val and is that something that we could see this season well I mean so to get that with the seven soulmates and the the thing to talk about there you know do we count uh Val as one of the soulmates or are the seven all incarcerated individuals who've been given people to write to you know, your John Walker, your Baron Zemo, your Yelena, Taskmaster, Hawkeye, Ghost, whoever you want to add potentially to that list. Um, you know, the Thunderbolts having been announced now, this, you know, I, I say it not as an answer to Suicide Squad or the Suicide Squad as its own version in this universe. Um, and I think really cute that it's, you know, referenced in such a way, uh, will they definitively wind up being the, the soulmates, the pen pals, we don't know right now. Um, I think the speculation and certainly a lot of our listeners picking up on that abomination is a member of that roster. Does Julie Louis Dreyfus make this series? Uh, It'd be really fun. Nobody wouldn't want her to. It's a question of whether it happens or not. I think, too, to your point uh, as to whether the Val character could count as one of the seven, at least as we are conceiving this this quote-unquote pen pal situation, um, I think it's kind of classic Marvel Studios for it to be both a dartboard and also vague. Like, mm-hmm. by the time you sit and go, we have a script, we are actively casting. Um, if you sit and go, well, shoot, we're actually going to do six powered people, or we're going to do five powered pe- people plus Abomination, but we had that thing for seven. Uh, Val is now number seven, you know? Like, there, there's just that flexibility to be like, we're going to pick a point, we're going to head towards it, we're not going to have him holding a roster of a whole bunch of people's pictures of people who we have yet to contract for a movie looking at you star trek kelvin four sometimes you don't want to get too ahead of yourself otherwise you look silly so just to say there's seven people out there who are interesting you can write around that as you figure out the particulars of uh of thunderbolts coming out july 6 2024
so long as they don't wind up in a Spider-Man homecoming eight years later situation, I think they're fine. And I know that's the major mistake. And actually, side note, I'm surprised that they haven't gone back on like a digital version or whatever and just just fix that. Like, hey, because they've been they've said up front, we we goofed with that. Aside from that, I mean, there's little continuity things here and there, but there's nothing that's really to my mind, there hasn't been anything like that again that's kind of full-on theory-breaking to a degree where it's also like where you can't say, well, like, for example, why does uh, Ed Norton Hulk look different than Ruffalo Hulk? You go, in the MCU, they don't. We know why it happened behind the scenes. That's just not an area where you theorize because you have a real-world answer and you, and you move on. It's not a continuity issue. It's just a, a thing that happened in the real world, so... Time will tell with all of this. Well, a couple thoughts. One, with the advent of a multiverse and the cheeky line here, literally a different person uh, later in the episode spoken by Banner that, hey, remember that Hulk movie? The Hulk? The Incredible Hulk? I can't remember which, which one is in the MCU here, Matt. The second film, the the one that came out the same year, the same summer as Iron Man with uh, Tony Stark in the post credit scene there. Um, you could retcon that as a non-Earth 616 reality, and it, it checks now. It does also occur to me, and this might be kind of far-flung, but we're in theory, so why not? Uh, while there's other corporate goings on in the next couple of years regarding uh, NBC Universal and Comcast and Hulu and their shared ownership of which Comcast is going to exit, there's a whole bunch of stuff where Disney and NBC Universal are friends and frenemies and business partners and business rivals and so forth. Maybe part of the solution for the when it's time, maybe part of the solution for all of this as NBC stuff leaves. Uh, Hulu, maybe it's like, hey, we worked out a deal where, you know, you get the Hulk movie back streaming or something like that. Who knows? It could be, it could be at our at our digital fingertips before or easier than it is now. Certainly, I remember too that we've hit it in What If with uh, Ruffalo Hulk, um, so it it counts there as well. And I I just love that they've referenced. In this episode, those events happened. Uh, yeah, there was a guy that looked different. Um, and, you know, speaking of looking different, Matt, or perhaps being different, does a complete transformation by Emil Blonsky include the removal of prominent tattoos? Uh, why does he have less tattoos than he did in 2008? He has no tattoos where we should be seeing them on his arms, um, from the original film. All right. So first of all, I'll, I'll, I'll back my way into the answer to that question by saying I was struck by how this episode reminded me how great an actor Tim Roth is even though like major things are not being asked of him here. This is not a Sophie's choice type moment, but he's just so good um, that I think they're, you know, they're lucky to have him back right in this spot that, that, that fits so well. Um, I would add to it, maybe Tim Roth in the process of him saying, yes, I'll come back. Maybe he's like, I'm not sitting there for like 45 minutes while you do, while you paint tattoos on me. Okay. I'm going to roll on up. 30 minutes before camera time, you do my hair. It's not long, extensive hair and so forth. You do my hair, you put some makeup on me, you put me in a jumpsuit. That's what I'm willing to do. So, uh, okay, uh, guess what? Blonsky, Pete, uh, breaking news. Blonsky had his tattoos removed as part of program for DODC for things and stuff. So, yeah, no more tattoos. Or they wore off because he abominated so many times. Um, but yeah, tattoos gone. All of which believable. Okay. Uh, technology, real world technology. It exists. Lord knows in the MCU. Um, Matt, could he be a scroll? Um, 
I don't know what the scroll... I mean, look at this way. I'm going to look into the future. Spoiler-free Matt will look into the future and say, I know there's footage of him uh, abominating up from Emil to Abomination. I will go ahead and assume that scroll shape-shifting... Uh, that that's not something that scroll shapeshifting can do. Um, now that said, could the Blonsky, if maybe this is your real question, is the Blonsky that we spoke with perhaps not the real Emil Blonsky, which would then lead us towards a scroll? Sure. And then Pete, you could even say, Hey, you know how, you know, how, Hey, Hey, you know, uh, Jessica Gao showrunner, uh, you know how Tim said, definitely not going to sit there for the tattoos. Somebody in the writer's room just said, what if that could be actually a clue that we reference in episode four to say, I noticed there were no tattoos. Yeah, that's because I'm a scroll. So, Pete, I'm officially on board that we are going to get two Emil Blonskys in this show. <laughs> One, the scroll doppelganger. The other out there living his life, uh, not talking about Fight Club, but participating in Fight Club. So, Jen Walters, early in this episode, the question of whether she would even consider becoming an avenger and all the problems do they even get paid do they have maternity leave uh benefits etc but ultimately coming down on vigilantes including adult orphans matt one of whom we know she's going to meet um it's great that she takes a moment to reflect on the kind of tropes of comic book TV shows and movies and, and what makes a hero and what the prerequisites are, uh, you know, even going farther back, the hero's journey, no parents ready to be an adult, all that stuff. I will mention too, Pete, good job there. That she's asking some of these uh, kind of more realistic questions about uh, payment and benefits. Glad she's fighting there for, for uh, quality health care, particularly for women and so forth. Um, but, I mean, I think ultimately, ultimately, it's more of a wink and a nod to us, I, I would suspect. And it's a little more kind of meta commentary than it is. Well, and it's also, I would add to it, it's also part of, you know, her rejecting the mantle of hero, which I bet by the end of the series, she's going to be okay being She-Hulk hero, She-Hulk Avenger, that kind of thing. Where did Bruce go in that Sakarian spacecraft i mean obviously the easy answer is he went to sakar um what's he up to pete i hope he's up to address a a minor but nonetheless emotionally resonant uh oversight in thor love and thunder okay if he goes back to sakar maybe he can get uh jeff goldblum back into these marvel movies not quite sure where he went I, I, maybe he had done some filming for thor 4 and he was edited out whatever look i think he did actually Th thor 4 has some strengths thor 4 has some weaknesses people have yet to see it you can find those out for yourself uh when you watch the movie on disney plus uh and you can hear a discussion about it on marvel movie podcast and so forth but i hope his next stop is uh that was the grandmaster character right Mm -hmm. let's he he's gonna go he got a message from the grandmaster to rescue him from the trash vagrants of which the grandmaster ha has now become trash king i would imagine and uh they're gonna work together in the exciting events of the upcoming uh, avengers movie in a couple years uh bathrooms just for pooping matt at work i mean listen pug here we are again pete pug did not literally mean pooping only bathrooms uh, but he's talking about, I would imagine, ones that provide perhaps uh, the most privacy if one is is uh, dealing with some stress and maybe not going to be not not going to be uh, in and out of there. Maybe it's got better lighting, uh, the the nice toilet paper and so forth, whatever it might be. Um, I again marvel, no pun intended, at how this guy, who again I'm assuming is going to be in future episodes, but how hey, you got your 30 second one scene. Uh, no close-ups, mid-shot thing. Say your say your words now and have us believe this is a fully-fledged character. All right, he's a kind, sympathetic guy looking out for his uh, his uh, fellow lawyer and um, presumably his boss. The footage from Shang-Chi with uh, Wong visible at the end of this episode, um, 
people that have pointed to this being a timeline breaking continuity error. Can you help them with a sense of perspective? Sure. So I, I, I can't think of any real life examples of this, but sometimes documents, okay. Sometimes documents only surface later. Okay. Even though maybe there's been a lookout for them for a while or the documents have existed for a while. So a document like this video is not necessarily something that has, I mean, it's presumably surfaced, you know, quote unquote today in the today of the episode, but it might be old footage. And I think that that then a, that addresses the general assumption that at the end of Shang-Chi, we had Bruce in a sling and we now have the assumption that Bruce is no longer in a sling uh, because of the events of She-Hulk episode one. So this could be old footage and now everything else lines up. If for some reason that's not the case, if this is brand new footage of the fight that happened today, yesterday, whatever it is in the, in the chronology of the episode, well, then we still have this issue of Bruce in a sling at the end of Shang-Chi, uh, which could be easily explained as we haven't seen Bruce uh in bruce form um since the the car crash in the first episode so maybe it is hulk who has two good arms and bruce still has his arm in the sling either way i know some people were saying this could be a covid mistake or this could just be an egregious error like a i think we can start to close the door on you know like ah during the difficult covid production they mistakes were made like i i think people people understand the particulars now and b shang chi was just a year ago this show was filmed soon after the production of shang chi i don't think this is a a mistake this is something that they are going to explain and maybe pete sometimes in the writer's room they go what if we do this and it'll make people think that and they're gonna spend a whole week debating on twitter where things are at in the timeline then boom we're gonna pay it off in episode two or three or pardon me episode three or four and people are gonna feel good about it if only matt again through the use of a storytelling device like the scrolls, uh, Hulk healed out of the picture, not told by uh, the character, oh, I am leaving Earth, has been sent by a scroll when he had the arm in the sling, and that was a scroll in Shang-Chi. Well, and your point is an excellent one that to the comics fan or, you know, like, for example, Pete, I don't think I've read any of the Secret Invasion comics from the mid 2010s. It's on my list, but I haven't read them. Um, but, you know, I'm nonetheless in the know, you know, there's a Secret Invasion show coming and it's going to be, be about the scrolls. And we haven't talked about the scrolls really since the end of uh, Spider-Man Far From Home and the re revelation there and so forth. Like the point being we are in prime time now to, you know, this is the show that precedes Secret Invasion. Regardless of when Secret Invasion comes out, my bet is uh, the last Wednesday in December. Um, but w this is prime time for them to be really genuinely laying track where, you know, Kevin came into the writer's room and said, no, 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 let's not do this. Let's do that. And the writers didn't know why. Again, my example is always a la the the rat in uh ant-man and the wasp that then got removed from the script or pardon me it was a cat that then got removed from the script but then there was the rat that pushes the buttons to bring ant-man out of the thing like this is where they are enacting those changes not saying have a cat okay don't have a cat let's look for the scroll week after week after week we maybe we need to have our own segment scroll watch but it, it now is the time pete Jackson, you're already badgering the witness. Well, what do you want me to give him a testimonial dinner? Pete, let's hear from some other people as to their thoughts on the episode. We start with our Twitter poll. What is the best new job perk? Vote and reply ahead of our podcast. We'll hear our podcast is right now. So uh, with one toilet, best poop and map got 36.2%. By the way, Pete, even though I did a 4321, I think these are all equal. It's having some fun here. Uh, next choice, two baskets. That's gift basket. Got 5.2%. Uh, three bits O clothing. Uh, extra clothes cash. Got 12.1%. And then four eyeballs. Office with that view. Got 46.6%. 
Heading into some comments here, first one from James the Sagacious. That's, of course, Big Killin' on Twitter. He says, so fast, so fun, at Chairman Gao. Pete, given the tag there of uh, showrunner, head writer, Jessica Gao. Uh, Chairman Gao has given us a masterpiece. Is Bruce's trip going to lead to World War Hulk? Pete, I'll put that to you. What do you think? Would they do World War Hulk elsewhere and not on Earth? Um, does he come back and it leads to it? I mean, they have successfully figured out how to use the Hulk, not on his own, uh, which is ironic given, you know, the success of the TV show and, you know, the whole lonely man thing. And I'm still hopeful we'll, we'll kind of get a, a reference of, of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, now that we've got She-Hulk and now that they know, all right, he's best paired up with other characters and Ruffalo spoke out this week and said, you know, he will play Hulk as long as they want to do it. And he wants to play a grizzled old Hulk. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, well-regarded storyline. They've, They've done the Planet Hulk thing, not as its own film, but as part of a Thor movie. So expect to see it paired up, you know, in something else. Next, we hear from LMD Mary. That's at Geek Kirk. This episode had me watching it with a giant grin the whole way through. I was excited to watch not for where the story is going, but just to spend time with Jen uh, that is a first for me in the MCU, and I couldn't be more delighted. Hashtag She-Hulk, hashtag MCU forever. Next, we hear from Kevin Grogu's Brosif. That's at Loves Wars, L-U-V-S Wars. Uh, okay, uh, it admittedly is the best pooping map of all time, even getting an awesome <laughs> zoom in during the, cre- uh, the end credits. I can't wait for more scenes with Pug. What a refreshing change after oof, uh, poo, de- poo emoji Dennis. Also, Tim Roth was awesome this episode. He had me fooled as well. We are from David Siller. That's at Siller David Poet. Shield Attorney at Law is two for two. Still funny and fun. The pacing is quick and sharp. I agree with everyone that this episode was over too soon. If we couldn't get Lou Ferrigno as Jen's dad, Marklin Baker is the next best guy. Cue the dance of joy. Cousin Ched was all we should have expected. The credit scene made me laugh and groan. No timeline panic here. We still have seven, seven more episodes to answer our questions and give us some savage, sensational, super fantastic shulky. Ready for next week. Same She-Hulk time. Same She-Hulk streamer. I, I, I appreciate the classical reference there. Uh, next we hear from J. Philly B. It's at J. Philly B for a fandom. So good, so short, so many questions. Who are Blonsky's seven friends? What, uh, pardon me, was that the underground fight club previously seen in Shang-Chi? Can Jennifer's dad be any cuter? Why doesn't my office have a designated uh, poop bathroom? Uh, And some replies here. First from Andre Yeager, Dr. Polo 1983. Blonsky's seven friends are totally the Thunderbolts. Wonder if Val's going to show up down the line. She's been quiet lately. Uh, And Jay Philly B says, indeed, Val has been missed. Continuing here with some tweets, Pete, we hear from Jackie Wolf. That's at Jackie with an I, Wolf with an E on Twitter. I like how they're being creative with her wardrobe to accommodate her Hulk size. Makes it at least a little more believable. She signed a release at the prison and didn't even read it. What kind of lawyer does that? (laughs) I can't figure out whom I trust the least, Blonsky or Holloway. Uh, What is Bruce up to now? So, Pete, who do you trust more? The Blonsky that we saw, asterisk, maybe a scroll, uh, or Holloway, who I guess Pete, applying the Pete rule of uh, scrolling here, Holloway, asterisk, could be a scroll as well. Yeah, uh, my heart tells me to trust Blonsky. You don't think the MCU is setting up a story where there's a old white man lawyer who's the most lovable character in the show (laughs) with no foibles other than just building a law practice. Anyhow, Pete, let's hear uh, again from Andre Yeager at Dr. Polo 1983. Another great episode, chock full of Easter eggs. Love the family dinner. Dad being the understanding father and mom being judgmental along with the goofy cousin. Blonsky was a treat as well. My only problem was it was too short. I wanted more. Next, Pete, we hear from Bike BRH. It's at Bike 
BRH on Twitter. Excellent episode. I love what so far is the running joke of the season, asking uh, and or questions the fans have been asking for years, like what happens to Hawkeye's arrows, finding out the Captain America does indeed, etc. We are from uh, Bob Keeley. Uh, Pete, who I would not, I would not say the F word around Bob Keeley. No. Um, R. Keeley on Twitter. Totally enjoyable and uh, over way too quickly. Lots of nice callbacks and foreshadowing to other Marvel properties. Maslani continues to demonstrate her comedy chops. Next up, Spider-Ham Lincoln, Tess LC139. I continue to really enjoy this series. I'm okay with another Bruce appearance, but he's off on adventure now and will uh, get that payoff someday soon. I immediately recognized Larry Appleton's voice. Jennifer's family scenes were great, and Emil was a delight. Looking forward to seven more of these episodes, plus She-Hulk's eventual Avengers membership, because really, that's where we're headed, right? Uh, I don't know that she's necessarily going to become an Avenger. I mean, I think a lot of that had to do with the the questioning whether it's a a right path for her, given who she is as a character. But I mean, do you think She-Hulk is going to be in the next Avengers movie, Avengers Kang Dynasty, May 2nd, 2025? I mean, Matt, who's not going to be in that movie? That's a good point. Uh, next, we hear from Fayel as a sassy green bean. That's at Fayel, F-A-Y-E-E-L-L-E. This episode was really strong for me. Took me a bit to figure out about the fourth wall break of the office. Other than that, uh, what Jen is going through is super relatable. Perfection for the wallpaper on her phone. I think the end credits are also cute. Uh, next, we hear from Ian Silverman, Sylvie underscore 76. Loving the humor in this series so far. Some real legit laugh out loud moments in this episode family dinner scene was great don't we all have a chad in their family good to see more great father daughter vibes coming in on the heels of ms marvel also loved jen confidently striding toward the law office building uh then pushing the door instead of pulling who among us hasn't done that pug with his map was hilarious and i was already immediately getting strong sons of the lamb vibes when jen was walking in blonsky's cell with the prison guard so I love that she herself could make that exact joke. Tim Roth is great as always, of course. Can't wait till next week and to see which direction the show goes. Thanks as always, guys. Stay fantastic. Uh, we hear from Tweeter at Law at K-C-L-Y-L-E-1 on Twitter. I'm so glad they went in this comedic direction with this show. I think it works really well. Bruce's shout out to being a different person was great, even as it was made clear that this is the same Hulk as the movies, or at least the second movie. Maslani makes this show work. I'm assuming we will someday find out where Hulk is. And it's great to see them integrating the show into the greater MCU, even though the tone is so light. Looking forward to next week. Next, Pete, Steve Thurberge. That's at Steve Thurberge. Great episode. Corner office with a view. The better for Wong and others to just pop in and out without anyone noticing. Wink, wink. Love that <laughs> observation there. Uh, we hear from Darren Bell at Darth Rasslin 79. Great episode, but very short. Uh, a few nice hints at other MCU properties. Surely, fights with claws, guys, Wolverine. And finally, an, an acknowledgement of the huge celestial sticking up out of the earth. Can't wait to see where Bruce ends up. I think he's going to visit his son. Uh, next piece, Snow Goggles at Snow Goggles. Great episode. I voted for the poop map because apparently the off in-office life, that would be gold. Uh, I'll also be singing the Perfect Strangers theme for a week now. <laughs> Uh, I wonder if that's streaming. Note to self when we're done podcasting here. It's got to be, right? Or just watch the beginning of uh, the third season episode from The Leftovers where they take out The Leftovers theme song and ingeniously inject the Perfect Stranger song, and it works just as well. Wow. We are from David Logan. That's at Cells Scribe. Looking at how many people have no idea what it costs to even have a decent wardrobe at, uh, as a lawyer. Uh, next, Pete, Noel Gardner at Noel Camille. Two good dads in a row. Wow. This show is hilarious. I like how it's moving at a quick pace. Emil made some good points, but I'm sure he has an agenda. Wong is going to be in trouble. Uh, I'm not going to ask where Bruce is going. My question is, how often does he go? Wow. Uh, Noel continues so many great Easter eggs this week uh, on that webpage, but also Alan McBeal playing in the bar. So good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last, Pete, but certainly not least, uh, from Stifler James, it's at live, L-Y-V-E underscore wire. This episode was far better than the first one. 
That said, I'm going with the most important perk, the map. And am I the only one who got an L.A. Law vibe as Jen was walking into GLKNH? Hashtag She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Pete, another show. Got to check when we're done, see if it's on streaming. I love that the GLKNH logo with the slash mimics the She-Hulk logo. Totally agree there, Pete. Maybe they were even made by the same real-world person. Uh, What do you have there over on Facebook? Steve Adams writes into the Fantastic Geek Facebook page. Episode two of She-Hulk was amazing. Much, much better than last week. I think the problem with the premiere was that we didn't get too much into the overall story. Now we have an idea of where we're going. But I have questions. Who are Emile's seven pen pals? Surely this has to be a reference to the coming Thunderbolts movie. And what happened to the raft? Is DODC now in total control of super villain confinement? Has anyone else noticed the S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier on a desk in front of Jen in the end credits? Does this mean the band is getting back together? It appears that Hulk is off to Sakaar, and with the rumors of Marvel regaining exclusive movie rights to the Hulk as soon as next summer, could we be getting a World War Hulk movie? Good Lord, I hope so. Tatiana Maslani was wonderful in this episode and I loved her father and Emil's explanation to Jen of his case was so well done. I mean, it is basically what happened. It took me two episodes to get totally sucked in, but Madam Gao, can we call her that? (laughs) Has seemingly built a strong entry to the MCU. I hope this show continues to get even better and the continuing cameos don't bog it down a triumph this week bring on the next episode until then stay fantastic and he spelled it with the p and the h i think one of the enjoyable parts about theorizing for the future uh is you don't always know where things are headed for example pete i have a really great idea for a thor and the guardians of the galaxy movie that i thought thor 4 was going to be And it wasn't. So I was a little disappointed. But my point is this. Yes, Hulk going out there could be setting up, you know, like, they're they're this close to getting the movie rights back. And they're going to say, surprise, there's a Hulk movie coming. They're going to announce it at D23 next month. Or it could be like, two episodes from now, he's like, hey, I went to Sakaar and I worked. Here's the Grandmaster. Jeff Goldblum's in this episode. Like, it could be a very big motion or it could be a very little motion. uh, And it's as the story requires. Pete, to the email inbox we go. We hear from our pal Stacy. Hi, Matt and Pete. First of all, I want to apologize for my comments last week implying that you hadn't been podcasting at all in the past month or so. I did listen to all those preview episodes, so I even knew better. Chalk it up to excitement (laughs) over. Absolutely. And you know what? It was like it was some it was some downtime for us, too. Fantastic Geek is weekly episodic, and when it's not it's all good this Uh, is podcast 83 of uh 2022 yeah shooting for maybe the 120 mark 115 something like that anyhow stacy says chalk it up to excitement over she hulk and maybe composing emails in the wee hours of the morning stacy i did notice that that email from last week was sent like 2 or 3 a.m okay make sure you get all your sleep stacy says second i have to clarify i do work in a lab but i'm not a scientist myself i'm the admin for my lab sort of a Secretary, supply wrangler, chaos manager. One coworker dubbed me, dubbed me as a tangential scientist since I've been working alongside with them for more than 20 years. But I can't take credit for being a scientist when I'm not, especially when there are actual uh, scientists in the Fantastic Geek fam. Pete, sounds to me like she's doing work in the larger world of science, which is pretty scientific. That Anyhow, counts for me. Yeah. Um, She continues to say, what a perfect segue to the third thing I want to follow from last week. In his voice message, Fred commented on the casting of Tatiana Maslany as Jen Walters, speculating that someone taller would be better. But then he said the size difference uh, from when she's Jen to when she's She-Hulk is more uh, more dramatic this way. I agree, and Tatiana Maslany is killing it, so she clearly was the right choice. On to this week, love the family dinner. Her dad is Mark Lynn Baker. Would have been even better if Uncle Balky had been there, too. Pete, (laughs) add it to the theory board. 
Uh, I loved him both grilling her about Hawkeye and other Avengers stuff, then getting her away from the table to check on her. But then the mid credit scene, he does have her doing heavy lifting for him. All great moments leading me to ask, why do recent MCU dads have to remind me of my dad? One little nitpick about Jen taking the job at GLK&H. I applaud her making sure her friend also has a job, but she didn't want to negotiate any of these things she was arguing about just a few scenes earlier. Healthcare, pension, pay. I get Holloway is dropping the news of wanting her to work as She-Hulk. It was supposed to be funny and dramatic, but it didn't work for me. I do love Nikki's excitement over the office and her amazing yellow tunic with black leggings look. Apologies by Haiku is a great bit. Love that Hulk got one and has moved on. Jen talking over Bruce when he she called him to get permission to represent Blonsky was great. I love that he has Jen as fuzzball in his contacts. This show is shaping up to be super fun. Can't wait to see more. Pete, that from Stacy, aka Stingray, aka Trek Girl, eighty eight on Twitter. With that, Pete, let's roll on into the wise words of Fred from the Netherlands. Hello, Matt and Pete, and all listeners to Fantastic Geek. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Season 1, Episode 2. I have to say, I find these drawings uh, at the end credits really fantastic with the PH, of course. But now we also saw in the opening scenes uh, some of these drawings in court. And I found that a little bit over the top, but then I thought that also here in the Netherlands, it's sometimes prohibited to take photographs in a courtroom. And perhaps this is also like that in the US. So we have these legal artists that draw the criminals, let's say, that is then allowed. How is that in the US actually? So if that's true for you as well, then I understand these drawings popping up in the news. And I thought she was a lawyer, but now we heard that she is a assistant district attorney. So working for the state. But perhaps that's just a language thing and that's the difference between an attorney and a lawyer. And I just didn't get that. Last podcast you were expecting to see this super-powered influencer Tatiana coming back, but not this episode. I really wonder if she will come back. But I also don't have any idea how big she is in the Marvel Universe. Another question is, she can't find a job at any law firm, etc. But can she be a, like, Matt Murdock, having her own law firm or office? Actually, I expected that she would do something like that and start a a company, a firm, doing that, so defending superheroes. But now the idea came from one of these big lawyer firms. I found that a little weak. The interaction at her parents' house was, of course, quite, well, predictable, a little funny. Give some background. Just wondered if that aunt and uncle that were there, they were the parents of this Chad, I think. But not of Bruce, probably. Of course, this whole setting with the family becomes a little more funny when you see the post-credit scene as well. It seems not to be a case of the week series. It's probably more serialized. Also, when you see the whole thing with the abomination, Emil Blonsky, looking forward to what is going to happen there. I will give this episode a 7 on IMDb, whereas I gave a 9 last week. Of course, a little less action, a little less funny... Um, some dull stuff in it and it's only 23 minutes or something like that okay that was all for now greetings all the best Fred from the Netherlands yes as I mentioned a little earlier uh, in the United States Fred we have uh, courtroom sketch artists and the the similar rules about uh, photography Um, and like I said I, I thought cleverly done here they repurposed concept art as sketch artist stuff of an action scene in a courtroom. So I I think it doubles down on the comedy via the action. Fred also zeroing in on the idea that the show is going to be more serialized as opposed to case of the week, which would also allow the Titania character to return. Pete, can you talk a little bit about things that Jamila Jamil, that's your Titania actress, things that she was doing in real life in the real world in the last week? Uh, how about the, um, the verified Twitter account? (laughs) There's the verified Twitter account. And then also there was, 
um i'm pretty sure it was actually jamila jamil but there was someone dressed as titania in los angeles defacing a she-hulk oh, that, that had surfaced even uh before that but in the advent of a titania account verified by twitter of course oh hey this is marvel studios calling this belongs to us can you just put the little blue dot on it um but yeah it's fantastic and i think they're on the slow burn and the maximum use of social media for this uh some of our listeners have already called it out you know this is a miss minutes in the making yes and i would add to it i think kind of having that social media push for titania um a it's a reminder that she's almost certainly coming back to more episodes but i would add to it like it is okay this is a 22 minute episode before you get to the end credits um so it's 22 minutes of story fine there's a little thing where she's helping dad around the house um but that's as i always say that's a temporary problem you know now you can watch the first two episodes back to back next week you can watch three in a row and so forth so there's gonna be there will be people who watch this show down the line where it's just like titania shows up at the end of the first one and is referenced in the second one and then the third one knocks down a building or whatever it is so it's a great way to kind of keep things juiced as we uh, as we move along here the way matt that our patrons on patreon.com keep fantastic geek juiced indeed pete they keep us going particularly as we're you know it's now the two episodes a week okay looking at andor in less than a month <laughs> it'll be three andor episodes and the lower decks and the she hulk all in one week so they certainly keep us going there uh, and we thank everyone who goes to patreon.com slash fantastic geek and that support means so so much everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content all sorts of levels to pick from but it takes just a dollar a month to get you behind that door can't contribute right now get yourself over to apple Podcasts, where you can leave a rating in seconds or a review in just a little while longer to any of our 32 podcast feeds could really use it on the she hulk feed can really use it on our and or feed as we're uh launched now on both of those pete with the greatest question of our current age, okay, who is a scroll? How can people be in touch with you to make their claims as to who is a scroll and who is not? How can people talk to you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P I E T E R J K E T E L A A R, 12,622 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast, comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with a PH, all one word, like it today. On the pop culture podcast feed, looking forward to be talking some Star Trek Lower Decks this time tomorrow. If you're here just for She-Hulk, we'll be back next She-Hulk Saturday to talk episode three. For now, though, Pete, I will say adios to all the listeners and give you the final word. It does feel like a weight has been lifted, but there's like this new weight. <laughs>